your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to days today, Brad. Wednesday, Wednesday, of August, course. Yeah. Tuesday primary yesterday. Been up up early to bed late. Actually, not to bed last night. Doing two days in here in the Wisdom Studio, doing my cases show in the morning. But do you feel like you're doing two days? I am, but hey, you know, yeah, high school football has started. And, of course, talk about two-a-days. Um, people are familiar with that out on the gridiron right now. Yeah, I had I had the mayor on uh, on Monday, and I was like, because that was my first, like, taste of two-a-days. But when he used to do Hayes' show in the morning, because Hayes always goes on vacation around now, uh, he does a, a, a high school football Friday show the oh. night before whatever, the, the first football, that, football Friday football night. Um, but that's Brad Paff. State Senator Brad Paff, and now Democratic candidate for the U.S. House seat in the third congressional district here. Congratulations on on winning that race. I I feel bad for because I got to know all of all four of you in the race: Rebecca Cook, Deb McGrath, Mark Newman. It's not often that I can just rattle off names like that, and I really feel bad for the other three people because they worked so hard. Oh, they worked hard. I mean, this isn't easy. I mean, this is not easy. Um, it's not for the faint of heart, obviously. They did work hard. They're good people. Um, and they brought a lot to the table. Uh, obviously, they focused on the issues, and I give them credit for that. And the thing is, is they took their case to the voters. And Here in Wisconsin, you have to vote straight, either one party or other, uh, within the, uh, in the primary process. And that isn't easy. And I am very grateful and very humbled uh, that I was able to receive uh, uh, the uh, majority of the votes um, uh, in this race. And so, well, I received 39% compared to my closest competitor who received 31%. So I feel good about where we're at there. We still have a lot of work to do here as we move forward in the general election. But, uh, again, I tip my hat uh, to Mark Newman and to Deborah McGrath as well as to Rebecca Cook for uh, the hard work and effort that they put forward. And I think as a result, uh, the voters in the Democratic primary I had a real choice to make here. 608-785-7914. If you want to shoot me a text, give me a call. Brad Paff's going to just spend the hour with us. Um, now, you were out partying at the... Now, the now, Brad says bodega, and I say bodega. I say bodega. Brad, Brad Williams, yeah. I say. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's some <laughs> fancy French uh, accent or something. Brad like does. That. Brad Williams know a little bit more than we do he because must. he he is the human Google. Yeah, he must know something that we don't. But, but every I, time I hear him go, because he he was reading the news this morning and he's like at the bodega, and I'm like, I get uh, all itchy. I'm like, I call it the bodega, the bodega, and I feel like they have bodegas in New York. We yeah. talk, uh, you see those in the news all and the time. I'll tell you, they got an amazing beer selection up there at the bodega. Um, so it's a nice place to check out. Um, it's great selection. Now, how many beers did you have last night? <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time. Of course, these votes didn't come in till the very, very end, so you're always a little anxious about it. But again, the beer is cold, and there's a great selection, so it was fun. What was the who who caught who uh, who had the idea? Because that's great to have. Uh, we're gonna have a, kind of a watch party, right? Uh, and we'll go celebrate with everybody. You know? Yeah. No, I wanted to do that. I really did. I mean, obviously, this is uh, this is the area that uh, I know best, and that uh, we've got a lot of great uh, establishments here in the lacrosse area. But you know, the bodega has a lot of windows. Um, you know, it's kind of uh, historic there. And it allows people to kind of gather and feel festive. 
And uh, I just wanted to get people uh, out and about. And we had a victorious night last night, so that's fun. Yeah, so you were probably out till all the, all hours of the morning partying, and then you're back on the road today in Stevens Point. Yep. And I have uh, we've got a caller calling in. Caller, who is this? Um, uh, Rick, this is um, Betty Pass. I'm calling to ask Senator Pass a question. I'd like to know where are we going out for dinner tonight for our wedding anniversary? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Betty. This is the love of my life, and you're surprising me, Betty, by calling. But yes, uh, August 10th is our wedding anniversary. Uh, Betty and I were married 31 years ago here in La Crosse, and uh, we were very, very young when we got married. I was 23. And um, she was younger than that. And the thing is, is that we've had 31 years of marriage together. And uh, we uh, were, I hope to go out tonight uh, somewhere, someplace good. After 31 years, she she understands that uh, you were running a congressional campaign. And yeah. uh, maybe you're not going <laughs> to be do. around I today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she could always texted me or given me a call, but I'm glad to speak on Wisdom Radio. Uh, PM, thank you for this. Uh, yes, we decided to set you up. So I'm going to let go now. But you guys have a Great interview. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. That's Betty. I thought we'd get you off guard on that one. We had all kinds of ideas, but uh, yeah, where where are we going to go for dinner tonight, Brett? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm I'm kind of a steak guy. I love steak, and uh, you never go wrong at Diggers. I mean, it's got they got great steak up there. Of course, Peggy's is really good as well. So now, as a as a as a congressional candidate, you have to name all the steak yeah, shops, otherwise you'll get places. in trouble. I do like Diggers; that's very very good, and of course, the Freight House is really good too. But uh, we'll see. Uh, it'll be up to Betty. Yeah, well, uh, we'll try to get Brad out of here, you know, right at six, so he could head out to anniversary dinner, thirty one years of marriage. We'll be back. Brad's got to do the news. The other Brad, not Brad Pat. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six oh eight. 785-7914 is the talk and text lines. Uh, Wisconsin State Senator Brad Pass in here. And now he's U.S. Congressional District, uh, U.S. Congressional, uh, 3rd Congressional District of the U.S. House of Representatives, Democratic Party candidate. It's a mouthful. I like to throw U.S. House in there yeah, because I, I think over the, I don't know, maybe it's just me and, and doing the show. I'm more into politics now, but... I think social media has helped this, that we know what the Senate is doing a little bit better. We know what the U.S. House is doing a little bit better. And and when you just say Congress, Congress kind of encompasses yeah. all that. So oh. you're you're a House candidate not a, and right. a Congress candidate. But um, but anyway, 608-785-7914. Number three had called in earlier. So number three, if you're listening and you want to call in, uh, and you know what? He probably had some steak recommendations for you. Uh, he lives over there on the south side. Usually he calls us on Friday, and UW Lacrosse political science professor Trugoski is in here on Friday. He, he likes to call us at the beginning of the show just to tell us that he's not going to listen and that he's going out for Friday fish fry. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> Friday fish fry is always good, especially in this town. Um, and then uh, during the break, we were we were dissecting a little bit. Uh, you know, why did Ron Kine now? Why did he decide to retire? And may, as you have done this, uh, you know campaigning over the last couple of months, do you go, maybe this is why he retired? It's a big district. I mean, Rick, the district geographically is 212 miles north to south from the Illinois border up to the River Falls area, and it's over 200 miles from east to west uh, from Stevens Point uh, over to Prescott, which is in Pierce County. It is geographically a very big district, but it's a beautiful district. Um, you got to put on a lot of miles. You need a lot of people. You you did a call with... uh, House Rep. Mark Pocan today. I did. 
uh, does he laugh at you because that district's so huge? Because his <laughs> yeah. district isn't that big, right? His district is so small. I mean, geographically, uh, it's very small. It's very compact. He has the city of Madison and Dane County, um, and then he goes down to the Illinois border. So, yeah, he's maybe 60 miles north to south, and he's maybe 60 miles east to west, and that's pretty small um, geographically uh, and compact compared to what we have here. But I'll tell you what, what we've got is character. Uh, we've got uh, hardworking, resilient people, and we got beautiful communities, and uh, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's I love being out and about and talking to people and meeting them where they're at. That's the important part. All right, number three is calling in. Number three, you got a question for Senator Path? Oh wait, oh here we go. Number three, you got a question? Go ahead. Now you're on. It's Bodega. Bodega is it? Bodega. Okay. okay. I've lived here all my life. I'm pushing eighty. Used to go down there every Saturday. And have treats when we got done swimming at the Y, Bodega. Bodega. What's your What's your go to when you go over there? I haven't been there for probably fifty years. Oh well, what what I'll what tell gives? You one thing, Rick. Yeah, I'm going to get you in politics. <laughs> I have never seen a guy turn around more in the last couple of months than what you have. Turn around? What do you mean? Well, you're talking political things. You're getting to be like a regular politician. Is that getting old for you? No, no, no. I mean, it's surprising how you how you're really advancing. Oh, okay. I, I'm so, not put. I mean, I'm serious. No, I get it. I just don't know if you're a compliment or if you're rolling your eyes because, oh man, political. Uh, uh, anyway, I'm going to talk to my brother-in-law over in Houston County. Okay. See if he can't find some kind of job for you to run for. Okay, let's get me on maybe the county commission or something. Something, yeah. Yeah, the, okay. prob- the problem with that, number three, is I like to play volleyball at night, and I don't want to go to the meetings. Well, I don't know what you see. Politics comes first. You've got to have a, a living, you know. No, you- that's, no, no, volleyball comes first, and then. Oh, okay, and then- well, <laughs> all right. Bring on, keep your powder dry. All right, thanks Thank for the call. Uh, maybe when I'm too decrepit to, to not be able to play volleyball, I'll do that. But I have some, uh, Brad, I have some like 50 mm-hmm. to 58 year old friends and we're out in the sand, play volleyball three days a week. Yeah. So it- good for you. <laughs> good for you. Continue to have as much fun as you can and do it. Cause I'll tell you, um, you know, there's always an opportunity to get involved, uh, in your local community, whatever it is, may it be in politics or just serving on the library board or whatever. Um, so before we go to to the break at the bottom half of the hour here, and you know, I, well, after the break, let's do some U.S. House stuff. But can sure. we just do State Senate stuff sure. quick? You guys have been off. This is like your five month anniversary of a ten month hiatus. How you know? And I think during COVID, right when you first started in the State Senate, during COVID, you guys didn't meet in session for eight months either. So for sixteen months of the two years that you guys are in the state legislature. You essentially didn't meet in session. Is that doesn't mean you're not doing anything? But but I, the optics of that feel really itchy to me. Yeah, no, you have every right uh, to ask questions on it. It is really uh, really puzzling here. I mean, the thing is this: we've been adjourned. Uh, Speaker Robin Voss adjourned the legislature in March. Um, well, that there's a lot that's been going on in this country in this state since March, and we could be doing a lot more. I mean, let's not let's not forget the fact that we got to continue to try and uh, you know work to grow this uh, uh, economy in this state. We need to continue to uh, uh, focus on kitchen table issues. May it be uh, rising gas prices or supply chain issues, or may it be making sure that we've got job training programs uh, well, for our workers. I mean, the thing is, all that's important. But the thing is, instead, uh, we've been adjourned, and 
Now, yes, there's hearings that are taking place and things like that, but as far as floor action and actually moving legislation, it doesn't, it's not happening. Well, the big thing, too, and Mayor Mitch Reynolds was on with me Monday, and over the past two months, maybe, I'll just say, uh, if we just want to go lacrosse school district and Onalaska school district have now passed referendums for school funding to improve their buildings. I believe Onalaska is a 75 million. Lacrosse is over double that at $194 million. Mayor Mitch Reynolds, I asked him about this a little bit in, in regards to how does the city, when the, when the school district is asking the voters, the taxpayers for money, because the buildings aren't up to snuff, you know, and the city is in probably the same position. And Mitch Reynolds brought up, oh, we have a four, what is it, a three-point-something billion-dollar budget surplus that's sitting in the piggy bank right now, and nobody's doing anything with it. Um, I don't, And nothing's going to get done with it, right? Like, But there are five months to go before the November election, or four months to go, three months to go. I mean, you could do something, but like, how weird is it that we haven't done anything with the budget surplus? Yeah, it, it is interesting. The thing is, is that, I mean, there's things we could do as far as provide shared revenue back to our municipalities and to our counties and our local schools. We, we can continue to do that, and it's something we should do. I am proud to say the most recent budget that we did pass in the state of Wisconsin saw a slight increase with shared revenue. Um, we also were able to provide some education dollars through the federal ARPA. Um, but the thing is this, is we do have a surplus. Uh, we do at this time. We also were able to pass a tax, individual uh, income tax cut. Uh, that's, uh, that's important, and I'm glad that uh, we did that. Uh, but the thing is, is that we are sitting with this surplus right now. And it all boils down to, Rick, what happens in this upcoming election. Uh, because you have the majority party in the legislature, led by uh, Speaker Robin Voss, uh, that wants to wait and see what happens with this gubernatorial election. And quite frankly, you've heard from the uh, the respective candidates um, you know, for governor what they want to do with this budget surplus. Um, you know, Governor Evers has talked about trying to return more money back uh, to uh, the taxpayers as well as making investments. Yeah, wasn't it $150 checks? Yeah, yeah that's what he discussed. And, and the did. difference here, uh, th- four years ago, Scott Walker did the same thing. Uh, the legislature passed it. It was $100 checks to parents with kids 18 and under, right? Everyone, right. For every kid you had, right. you got $100. That's correct. Heading into the, the school right. you know, year. So um, legislature didn't let Evers do that. Right. They didn't allow that to happen. So here we sit. We sit there with this budget surplus right now. And I'll tell you, I mean, we're going to be having quite a conversation uh, come early next spring in regards to uh, what what happens and how we move forward. My my position on all of this is, I mean, let's make sure that we uh, make the proper investments uh, into, you know, growing our economy, making sure that uh, our local communities, people can stay safe and secure in their local communities, continue to invest in education, but also let's make sure that our tax code, um, you know, is not over burdening, uh, burdensome on, um, you know, our families, specifically our working uh, families. We need to make sure that those that are making less than $100,000 a year, um, that, you know, we focus on those needs that are taking place right now. Um, Okay, one other thing in in the state legislature, and if you have things that I'm just missing, you're like, no, this is also important, but um, we have a a law, Roe v. Wade has has been kind of thrown out by the U.S. Supreme Court, so it leaves it to the states, and... The Wisconsin law, and there's a, there's a, like dueling Wisconsin laws here, and we're kind of confused. I had District Attorney Tim Grinke of La Crosse County in here, 
Um, and he said, yeah, I don't know. At this point, I don't know what to prosecute if it ever comes to his desk to prosecute. It's a very weird thing to even think about we're going to prosecute somebody for having an abortion or prosecute a doctor. But the 1849 law, law is in the books. 1849, so the year after Wisconsin became a state, and that law says uh, no abortions unless the mother's life is in jeopardy. And who, how would you even determine that until maybe it's too late, a doctor right. anyway. Uh, but you, I believe you were the first state senator to say and I, I'm not going to have the wording correctly, but you were the first one to come forward to put out legislation, right, in, in terms of protecting women's right to choose yeah. here? so what I did is this, is that, you know, I asked Governor Evers, I was the first state legislature, I asked Governor Evers, once this leaked memo that came out of uh, U.S. Supreme Court Justice Alito, once that memo was leaked, I was the first state legislator to call upon Governor Evers to call us as a legislature back into special session so we could move forward on something. You know, what the Supreme Court is saying is this, is the states need to decide. Okay, well then, as a state legislature, we need to uh, move forward on something. So the governor did call us in a special session. Um, the majority party gave us 13 seconds. They gaveled us in and they gaveled us out. And that is not how we should be doing business. I mean, I honestly believe that we should be having policy discussions. We may not always agree on everything, but the thing is, it's let's do the policy discussion, figure out where we're going to go. I don't think anybody thinks that we should be back to 1849 in this state. Twelve years before the Civil War, 1849, when Zachary Taylor was president of the United States. I mean, this is where we're going to be as a state right now. Yeah, women didn't have the right to vote then. They did not have the right to vote <laughs> Just at think about it. time. It's 70 years before they had the right to vote. Just think about where we're at. We're 100, going back 173 years. I mean, this is absolutely amazing. And the fact is that we gavel in and gavel out on something like this. I just think it's wrong. Now, my opinion is this, and I know there's people that are going to have their own opinions, and that's why we need to have these legislative debates. Because I believe we should codify Roe v. Wade into state law. Yes, it should be codified into law, a federal law, but it should be codified into state law. That's my opinion. Now, the thing is this. Bring it to the floor. But when you gavel in and gavel out within 13 seconds, we don't have any of these conversations. That's not what legislating is. I mean, that's just uh, ignoring what's happening out here. It's disappointing. And I think that, um, you know, regardless of how you stand on this issue, I think you should be disappointed with how the legislature's acted. Do you have in your office, I don't, do you have an office in Madison? Like, okay, yeah. I don't even, I don't even think about this. Um, in your office, maybe a, like a, 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 checkboard of how many times the legislature is because it's at, it's like seven eight it's i seven, think it's between times. seven or eleven i can't yeah, depending on um, when you want to say that you became a state senator right yeah so i i got sworn in uh, as a state senator in january 2021 and since that time we've had numerous uh, special sessions special sessions when it comes to expanding badger care which is uh, medicaid uh, federal medicaid dollars gaveled in and gaveled out gerrymandering uh, to make sure that we don't have these uh, gerrymandered uh, districts. Gaveled in and gaveled out. They ended that. Uh, when it came to uh, doing work, when it came to uh, uh, this uh, special session for uh, tax relief, that $150 that you mentioned, gaveled in and gaveled out. The unemployment one was weird, too, I thought. The unemployment one, gaveled in. And just, I don't understand why you know, we can't at least have policy discussions it doesn't mean we're always going to agree with one another, but you know what this means. It means that we find some type of compromise, and then as a legislature, we send a bill to the governor and make the governor then make a decision. But instead, just to gavel in and gavel out, I mean, that is no way in order to govern a state. 
a state as big and diverse as Wisconsin, and a state that continues to grow, um, you know, economically, uh, we need to make sure that uh, we do a better job representing the people here. That's State Senator Brad Paff and U.S. House candidate Brad Paff who won the, the congressional primary last night in the Democratic Party. I will read one text before we go to break with Brad Williams doing the news. Tim texts in, happy anniversary, Brad and Betty. I was the DJ for the wedding at the American Legion in La Crosse. So. Ah, Tim, Tim Oshesky from West Salem, you're a good man. Thank you. All right, we'll be back. All right, welcome back to La Crosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. State Senator Brad Paff's in here. He hopes to be U.S. House Rep Brad Paff. Come November, he's going against Derek Van Orden in the November election. He won the primary yesterday, 39% of the vote, uh, 64% of the vote in La Crosse County. La Crosse County. What, what, when you see those numbers, uh, me and Chagoski, the political science professor, kind of talked about this a little bit this morning. But when you see those numbers, you see that your your home area, hometown, whatever you want to call that, uh, really came through to help you win this election. Uh, but what does that say to you come you know the next couple of months? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you very much. I mean, the people here in this area, they know me best. Uh, they know my work ethic. They know the work that I've tried to do in order to make sure that this area is well represented in the Wisconsin State Senate. Uh, they see me out and about because I'm involved in the community. So I greatly appreciate the trust and the confidence they placed in me uh, yesterday in the Democratic primary for the U.S. House of Representatives. As far as going forward, I mean, I will always continue to uh, make sure that the people here in the Cooley region uh, in the state Senate district know that I'm working for them in the uh, Wisconsin State Senate. And I will take the values uh, that we have here in this area out to Washington, D.C. And we know what those are. That's hard work, dedication, resilience, and focus on the issues that matter. I mean, and we can talk about that for a second. Yeah, right? what are the issues? Like when you get to, and we've asked, I've asked you this before, but, you know, uh, if you get to the House, are a lot of the issues the same as you, you see in the state legislature? Or, or are there some other things that you really want? You know, this is a thing that I'm well, really going to Well, I mean, the issues about. are important, but the thing is this. I mean, the basic in politics is this, is all politics is local. And it doesn't matter where you're at. All politics is local. What do I want to do in the House of Representatives? Well, first of all, I want to serve on the Transportation Committee. I want to make sure that there's funding for roads and bridges. I want to make sure that there's funding for the lock and dam system that we have here in the mighty Mississippi River. I want to make sure that we continue to have the investment that takes place at the uh, La Crosse Airport. I also want to uh, play an important role when it comes to rebuilding our manufacturing sector. Uh, we have to do that. Rick, we have seen an emptying out of manufacturing in this country, particularly in the upper Midwest, uh, over the last 30, 40 years. And as a result of that, I mean, that has led to, you know, uh, you know migration uh, from rural areas. Uh, it has led to the fact that uh, emptying out of main streets uh, in way too many communities we can build things in this country. We know how to do it. But instead, we've had trade policies uh, that thought that uh, everything can come from a particular part of the world and uh, we can just go buy it at a uh, convenience store or at a, uh, a discount store. I mean, that's ridiculous. We know how to make things in this, in this state and in this country. Uh, so I want to be on job training and job retraining programs and on those committees. I serve on that right now in the Wisconsin State Senate. So transportation, 
job training and uh, retraining, rebuilding our manufacturing, uh, investing in our supply chain, think about it. I mean, a lot of people give me a hard time because, you know, I love agriculture um, and I've got a background in agriculture. But we have an extremely sophisticated supply chain in agriculture in this state, uh, from the milk that is comes out of a cow on a dairy farm all the way to the finished product that we enjoy at the kitchen table. Think about the various investments that have taken place in that supply chain and the jobs that people are employed with. We can do that when it comes to other industries as well. And I want to be in the front line in, uh, in that. And that's why this is important. And I'll just be clear with you. The individual I'm running against, Derek Von Orden, never heard him talk about an issue. Instead, all you hear from him is the fact that uh, whatever is on a particular cable uh, station on an evening, uh, that's the topic he talks about. Well, that isn't local issues. That's not focusing on what's happening here on the ground. And there's no specifics there. Talk about vagaries. Those are the vagaries. Well, when we talk about vagaries, it's from a, a text from a libertarian guy who wants, who wants like, details. And... And that's uh, you know, the, those those get complicated to fit, fill into an hour show. But um, you mentioned Van Orden. He did say that uh, your you know he said at the time you uh, let's see here. My opponent Brad Paff has never had a job outside of politics and enthusiastically supports President Biden and Pelosi's radical policies and spending that are destroying America in real time. So he, and he said this a lot of the, a couple of other times in statements that you're in Pelosi's pocket. Let's get to the bottom of this. What is the relationship between you and Nancy Pelosi? I've never met her. <laughs> I have absolutely n- never met her. And for the people here in this district, uh, they know me. Uh, they know where my roots are. They know what I'm all about. Uh, they know that you know I will always stand up for them. I think and- if you were in Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi's pocket, I think if you know, like if you are, can you get them to come on the show? <laughs> Because that'd be great, Brad. <laughs> well, yeah, hey, I mean, they can explain some of the things that they're doing, too. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be absolutely upfront uh, with you. Uh, the thing is, in this country right now, we essentially have two political parties, as we all know. Um, but they're not monolithic. And uh, people that know me, they know, you know, what makes me go. And they know what I'm all about. Well, you want to bring jobs. You said you wanted to bring jobs mm-hmm. back to I do the, the U.S., essentially, and to the area, kind of more mm-hmm. specifically. The, the Senate passed the CHIPS Act mm-hmm. um, a while ago. I think it was yesterday. It was yesterday that Governor Scott Walker tweeted the deal that the Packers signed to get Reggie White. is It was a huge deal. The next biggest deal is the Foxconn signing. That was Scott Walker for in 2017 to the day yesterday on, on Twitter. But Foxconn is, is kind of a way to bring jobs to the area it doesn't seem to be working. So how, how do we do, do that? Well, I'll tell you what. Wouldn't it be great if we had a domestic uh, semiconductor chip uh, uh, facility, production facility right down uh, here in Wisconsin? Uh, as we all know, um, the state of Wisconsin and the taxpayers invested a heck of a lot of money in that Foxconn project, and it's gone nowhere. But the infrastructure is in place, the roads and the bridges, um, that uh, has been financed by your tax dollars and mine. The thing is, is that uh, let's put a semiconductor uh, chip uh, uh, plant there. It'd be great. Uh, why does it have to go to places like Texas or Ohio or other places? Why can't it come here in Wisconsin? Uh, the thing is, is let's grow this economy. Uh, let's figure out what we can do here. Uh, but that takes effort. That takes people actually listening to one another and trying to work towards it and not just trying to uh, get a political gamemanship. Uh, we'll go to the phones here. I believe, is this Scott? 
It is. Hey, Scott, you're on with Brad. Go you ahead. Know, technology is great, isn't it? It's Say, Brad, I met you down at the landing. Uh, we went for a boat ride that night hey, a few yeah. months ago. You bet. And um, I do have a, a denture clinic in Onalaska, and um, I noticed that I do believe that the badger care um, uh, uh, monies that was allocated uh, did increase uh, somewhat um, this past election cycle or something. I guess they're allocating a little bit more. But um, do you think that it's ever going to get to close to like 50 percent of normal fee so that some of these other local doctors and, you know, town can because there's like a 10 year waiting list. Now, for dentures, it used to be three years. Now it's 10 years. Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. The thing is, is that uh, dental, uh, the dental assistance through Badger Care, and quite frankly, dental assistance through, uh, um, through Medicaid. And the thing is, is the reimbursement rates uh, aren't where they need to be. And as a result of that, um, trying to continue to keep private uh, dental providers offering this service, I mean, it's, you know, it's important that we continue to do that and continue to work with uh, those within the dental association. But the thing is, there needs to be the proper reimbursement rate as well. And right now, uh, the way the uh, Medicaid program is set up, there isn't that type of reimbursement. Again, that's going to take efforts uh, within the U.S. House of Representatives. It's going to take congressional leadership. It's going to be, you know, recognizing the fact that people out here in western and central Wisconsin are looking for dental care. And, uh, you know, they've got uh, some financial struggles they're going through. Thus, they're on Badger Care. And, uh, you know, what can we do here? Uh, so to answer your question, do I think that it can ever happen? Sure, it can happen. It takes leadership. Um, is it going to happen immediately? Um, you know, probably not. But that doesn't mean that we ever stop. I think healthcare. a couple of years ago when, when we were running for office, not we, but in general people were running for office, Healthcare was a big factor. And then we threw, went through a pandemic. It, it didn't continue to be a big factor. I want to say 2016 was, might have been 2018. And then, yeah, 2018, the Democrats ran on healthcare was kind of the tagline. We went through a COVID pandemic. Nobody, nobody ran on healthcare then. Um, you know, Roe versus Wade seems to be something a lot of people are running on. But, man, I don't know anybody. I had a conversation last night with a very Republican friend of mine, and we both said healthcare is is a big burden on us both. And we're kind of sick of having the capitalism in healthcare. And I know it's like a giant, like, hey, you're going to be in the house. Uh, we need senators to get on board. But like, it's a, like this giant thing. But can we can we take them profit out of healthcare so that we can, you know, don't have to think about if I go to the doctor, how much is this going to cost? Yeah, and you know, Rick, that's a very good point. So I'll tell you what I support. Um, I want greater transparency within pricing. Now, is that going to bring the cost down? Well. I mean, the thing is, is if we know what things cost. Uh, Even there, though, Brad. Okay, it's so. very hard to do. I, I went to the doctor. I talked about this with the doctor this yeah. morning. I had vertigo. And, and the lady, after I checked out, she was like, how are you going to pay for this? And I was like, well, I have insurance. So whatever, like whatever that is, you know, right. and then the insurance will send me the bill and whatever that will be. I have no idea. The, the cost of, you know, let's just go. An x-ray is $100 if you're paying in cash. And it's five thousand dollars if you have this insurance company, and it's twenty five. So the, even that, the transparency there, because if you try to figure out uh, the price of something on one of the hospital websites, you have to input your insurance, 
And then it's and then That's there's right. five thousand of them, and you never know, and you can't input somebody uh, any insurance because you can't you can't like shop for it, right. so to speak. That's exactly right. It is so hard to shop for this, and so the thing is, and you you do not get transparency in something because, uh, you know, it's there's it, no it's, set price. It's not no like you go price. to the store down the road and there's that's a right. sticker and it says X rays twenty five dollars, and that's frustrating. And yeah. that's frustrating. It's frustrating for you. It's frustrating for me. I know it's frustrating for the listeners, and um, you know. It's it's something that's hard to explain why this is happening. I mean, it's it's so very frustrating. I mean, let's I mean, let's face. It. I I strongly believe I want the U.S. to continue to lead the world when it comes to medical research. That needs to take place. I want us to be at the cutting edge when it comes to creating new medicines. But does that mean that pharmaceuticals uh, should you know? have the kind of prices they have right now. Yeah, we just axed out of the big uh inflation reduction act bill the uh, the idea that we cut insulin prices to $35 for everybody. Ugh. And I think that still that money would still go to those pharmaceutical companies selling insulin, but um at least it wouldn't have been your you know the people who are on insulin they wouldn't be paying 35 you know more yeah, than $35 exactly. a month. $35. And the thing is, I mean, think about these vials. I mean, they don't cost that. It doesn't cost $35. But yet, I mean, we can't even cap it at the $35. And this is for diabetes. Now, my son has type 1 diabetes. He can't go without Rick. He has to have insulin multiple times a day. And yet, you know, he is subject to what the insurance companies are going to uh, charge and what his deductible is. Um, you know, that is, uh, it's a scary, scary situation. And we, we have to do better on that. But at the same time, we want to make sure, because it's a fine line, we want to make sure that we can continue to have the uh, high quality uh, care and the research uh, that this country has. So, um, you know, we do need to be engaged and we can't just, um, you know, play politics with this topic. Well, that's Brad Paff. All right, we got to take one more break. We'll be back. All right, we're just going to wrap up here. A couple of minutes left with Brad Paff winning the uh, U.S. House congressional seat here in the 3rd Congressional District, the primary yesterday in the Democratic Party. So now what's the, uh, what's, what's the plan over the next three months? You just get on the road again and maybe spend tonight with the wife uh, and then you won't see her again for three months. Yeah, I'll be on the road. I will definitely be on the road meeting and greeting and saying hello to as many people as I possibly can and quite frankly listening and learning. Uh, let's never forget that, um, you know, this is the people's house and the House of Representatives. And uh, let's make sure the people's voice is heard. Let's not have outside uh, groups come in here and try and uh, determine uh, who who should serve in the United States House of Representatives from western Wisconsin. So I want to be out listening to people and uh, hear their ideas. And uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. Now, you've been talking to him. So if you get, real quick, you got a minute. Do you have yeah. like a... I always like to do lists. Do you have like a top three, and we don't have to explain it all too much, but what you, what you top three, top five, what people have told you when you're at, when you're doing the door to door thing? This is the issue that they're really fired up about. Uh, stop arguing, um, get to work, uh, stop playing politics, uh, make sure that you focus on the needs of the district. Um, you know, there's uh, too much money in politics, and um, you, you guys don't even really understand what's going on out here in the real world. And uh, you know what? Uh, I agree with him on all of that. And that's why I'm trying to do everything I can to focus on the needs of what take place uh, here in this district and make sure that this is a district-focused uh, and district-specific race for Congress. 
All right, that's Brad Paff. We're going to let him get out of here because it's his 31st anniversary, wedding anniversary with his wife, and uh, I made him come in here for the entire hour. I'm sorry, Betty. Uh, we'll we'll send him back uh, up north there <laughs> to 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 have a maybe have a steak tonight. There we go. Thank All you. right, thanks, Brad.